Okay, so normally I would do a witty little comment that segues into our film. But I don't got time for that because this movie has a lot of credits to go through and a lot of names that I'm about to butcher. Because we're talking movies, we're talking The Birdcage, starring Robin Williams, Nathan Lane, and Gene Hackman. Based on the play Le Cage Ox Fools, with which was written by Gene Perot, who wrote an early draft of this screenplay, and then Marcelo Denyan, Eduardo Molarno, and Francis Verber eventually got to do a, a draft on the screenplay until Elaine May took it over and we got the final screenplay that Mike Nichols directed. Holy shit, I needed a breath there. <laughs> but a woman is said a woman is said to be her worth weight in hands. A man's wealth is measured by the size of his cock. You literally fucking a million quotes and you had to fucking take mine. So I got nothing. I'm not even going to try. I really thought you were going to be like the Marsha Graham, Marsha Graham, Madonna, Madonna. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? Uh, this is going to be uh, the second part of our Pride uh, 2 episodes, I guess. Uh, I don't know why Scott chose to do just such an insanely long intro, but don't worry. I am here to save you from that. Uh, all right, Scott, take it away. How, how are you here to save from the intro? Are you going to go back in time and cut it? Because it goes fucking done. go back in time. Dude. It's done. It's done. One, you've already cheated our audience without doing a quote. Like you can, you can pull up quote. You got to have two or three in in the pipe, right? See, I only have to pick one because I always go first, so it mm. doesn't fucking matter. This is true. But you, you should always have two or three in the pipe. You know? Like it's not like we haven't been doing this for two years. But in terms of the film itself, love it. I love this movie. Yeah, I'm this was your choice uh, after I my, know. my what would you call that, debacle <laughs> of picking what, King Cobra? Yeah, I don't want to talk about King Cobra anymore. Uh, <laughs> Get that Cobra out done. of your mouth. It's, it's already out of my memory. It's done. But do you know who else really likes this film? Your daughter? No. Director Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm. He says this is one of the only two films that without fail or question will make him stop dead in his tracks to watch it to the very end, no matter all, no matter what is happening. The other film is The Shining. So that's really two big contrasts. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, like, there is almost <laughs> no similarity between, uh, between those two films at all. Uh, one is a cinematic thriller masterpiece, and the other one is a gay rom-com. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there you go, Paul Thomas Anderson. So we know what he's doing on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, yeah, so you you picked this film. I want you to kind of like uh, talk about it. Like, what do you love about it? You know, going. How often do you watch it? Actually, let's let's start there. Um, th- this isn't one that's on like a heavy rotation, but it is one that, if it's say similar to Paul Thomas Anderson, like if it is on, I will stop to watch it. Um, but now with the streaming verse, uh, maybe once every like five years. Half okay. a decade, I'll throw it on. When did you watch but, it before watching it for the show? When? Uh, the last time I watched it was probably like three years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure I watched this in theaters when it when it came out. Because I was huge, well, still to this day, huge Robin Williams fan. Yeah, so, I most mean, most of his films. One of the things that I realized watching this movie is just like how much I miss Robin Williams as like being around as an actor. You know what I mean? Like he's so good. Like he just like lights up a screen, especially like when, when he's doing comedy. Like very, very accomplished, you know, dramatic actor. But like when Robin Williams is being funny. Like, it makes you feel just, like, warm and fuzzy inside. You know what I mean? He's so – he was just so good at what he did. Um, I mean, to the point that, like, Steven Spielberg, while shooting Schindler's List, Robin Williams would, like, call him and just, like, tell jokes until Spielberg would laugh just to keep him from being so weighed down by the heaviness of Schindler's List. So, like, if you can, like – raise the spirits of people working on a holocaust film like i think that just a fucking testament to your ability as a as an actor and as a comedian you know yeah like um the other thing that's kind of interesting well the thing that i appreciate a lot with this one like in reality in this one robin williams is more of the straight man yes, yeah, right is, yes but uh but originally that's not how this film was supposed to be Robin Williams was actually supposed to play uh, Nathan Lane's character and Steve Martin was going to play oh, Robin Williams' God character. Damn, that would have been also so good. Uh, and that would have been, even though they're friends for so long, uh, Martin and, and Williams, they never actually made a movie together. And this would have been their first. And, um, but Martin was working on, I think it was like Sergeant Bilko or something like that during that time so he had to step out and then robin is the one that went to mike nichols and said i want to swap it i don't want to be like because most of all of his films he's the like the zany one um, right yeah he goes i want to be the other one i want to do something different i want to i want to be armand and nichols agreed and then you know they found nathan lane and i think their chemistry too was off the charts and that's what makes it i think that's what makes this movie like so good well it's i mean you fall in love with them i mean the and the casting for this is fantastic robin williams gene hackman nathan Lent, and diane weist i mean and then you got hank azaria you know clarissa Flock, flockhart uh, uh and dan uh footerman um hank azaria so hank azaria is very funny and i've seen him do similar kind of role uh, where he plays like the Latin lover. If you think of what, when we did our episode of what was it? American sweethearts. That's kind of what he yeah. was. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he was a poo. He was multiple characters on the Simpsons. Well, he still is multiple characters on the Simpsons. Um, that part does not age well. Him playing like the, the straight man playing the gay pool boy house, house boy or whatever. I mean, it's, it's funny, but I'm like, there's definitely cringy moments. But Robin Williams, um, he he like you said, he's the straight guy in this. Like he he's the straight gay guy. Um, he takes this role very serious. Like he plays it um, in a manner that is not um, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically derogatory to the LGBTQ community. Like I mean, he was a very you know strong ally of that community until his death. Obviously, um, yeah, I think I think it's a very respectful film of of that community. You know what I mean? Even though it's a farce, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I get what you're saying. Um, and Nathan Lane's gay, so like, there. I mean, him playing the role he's playing 
is is very suiting. He's very and he's fuck. He's so good as the drag queen. Yeah. So yeah. good. <laughs> but you know, you got to give him props too. Especially this movie is like ninety ninety six. Yeah, so not a lot of actors at the time were, um, you know, did come out like even though he plays an openly gay person and he is openly gay now. When he filmed this movie, he he didn't come out at, yet, right? Like, so yeah, he came I out think, publicly in '99. So even yeah, even in this, just, he's essentially a straight man playing a gay character, even though he was he was actually gay, you know. And and even fucking, but even watching this, um, I know you're saying you miss Robin Williams, but I also miss Gene Hackman, man. Like that yeah. guy's so fucking good. Yeah, he's. Right? And, I mean, him and Drag at the end when they're walking mm. through the bar, <laughs> like he he does a good job with it. You know what I mean? But he plays, oh, especially when he like starts making the comments, like I told him not to wear white because white's <laughs> gonna make me look fat, <laughs> right? And I don't want to be the only person, the only girl not dancing, not dancing with no one to yeah. dance with. He, yeah. uh, Gene Hackman, is always really good at playing like strong conservative types of characters too right like i mean southern characters mississippi burning stuff like that like the i mean even when he's not playing a southerner playing like tough cops and stuff um so he's so good in this because you he gets to play that strong conservative character and then at the end having him all dolled up in in drag uh attire uh it must have been fun for him you know i'm i'm gonna assume so but i think i think the one the one thing I, I thought was like funny in terms of this um, is the the contrast in terms of Hackman and uh, Williams, in which even though Williams is a straight man and technically Hackman's supposed to be the straight man, right? I find his the choices he made with the mannerisms and stuff with with Hackman always made me laugh. Like he he wouldn't drink. But he was like, I need chocolate. Like, where's the candy? And where's you just candy? see this guy like fucking bowing down. And then you have that role with, uh, sorry, Diane Weist, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, he's out of the house and she's literally like, like throwing away candy. Uh, yeah. Just putting it all in the garbage to like get him out, <laughs> to get it out. And then he comes in through the window and he's like sifting through the garbage. It's like, that's his drug, right? Like, that's his cocaine kind of thing that I thought was hilarious. But you, how you're saying in terms of Hank Azaria, do you know the the voice he had as the as the butler? That's his real uh, voice. No, oh. <laughs> it's based on his grandmother's voice. Really? That's how his grandmother sounded. He realized that after when because he wanted to make two distinct sounds. Um, so when after watching it, I guess he realized that he was literally just mimicking how his grandmother spoke. <laughs> Uh, don't watch don't watch this movie grandma don't watch this movie i'll get written out of the will mm -hmm. so this film though it's it's surprising to think that like like how well it did at the box office so they made this sucker for 31 million which i mean that's that's i mean that's your mid-budget comedy or whatever made 185 million dollars at the fucking box office i'm like holy shit like that's crazy mm -hmm. numbers uh for like essentially a rom-com you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but like I was saying before, like in terms of, um, like Williams, like Williams was a box office draw. This is right? true. Like, 
like whatever he was in was making money and then man what what would he have been coming off of or in, just... in 96 i don't know you can you can look that up while i kind of talk about the fact that the sad part is is that if you were to release this movie now there's a very good chance and i don't even mean now just because of covid i mean even just like right before covid there's a very good chance that like it would not get a big theatrical run i don't know maybe with robin williams star power it might have but you could this could very easily be a film that netflix put up and that was it like it was it got a netflix run or an amazon run and it would never necessarily get the wide distribution again the only reason it would is because of you know robin williams being attached to the project you know what i mean yeah so at this time within the last three years uh of this movie being released he was just coming off of missed out fire oh yes uh nine months and jumanji which one's nine months uh, i don't know nine months but jumanji's with, hilarious uh, and so is um... hugh, with hugh grant uh, hugh grant and um julianne moore oh okay okay I'm so not... another rom-com he was like a supporting and then but mrs doubtfire like he was on miss he no doubt he was on fire after mrs doubtfire you know what i mean <laughs> okay <laughs> So yeah, so uh, yeah, ahead. I would say other than like I would say that like Mrs. Doubtfire and Good Morning Vietnam are like top two, you know, Robin Williams films. I mean, unless you get into the like the old the golden oldies like uh World According to Garp and stuff like that, right? Really? You wouldn't you wouldn't do Dead Poets Society? Oh fuck yeah. You know what? That's a good film too. But that's that's drama. Like that's a hardcore drama. I mean, I guess so is World. And Good Morning Vietnam. Vietnam was a drama. It's a Good Morning. So yes, it is a drama. But he's so funny in it that it's uh, Jesus. Okay, hold on. Before I move, so Mrs. Doubtfire made for twenty five million, four hundred and forty one million dollars at the box office. Right. So yeah, Robin Williams was definitely the guy that was bringing in the loot for the uh for the production companies you know what i mean um mm. but yeah good morning vietnam is yeah it's a drama it's vietnam war but like as adrian cronauer and he won his oscar for this he's so fucking hilarious you forget that the film is not a comedy right so and well sorry what was the other film you said that he was oh world according to garp okay no no uh goodwill hunting there right yeah i mean i the goodwill hunting is clearly a drama he's not he's barely funny at all in that like he's funny no, in dialogue in but his like, uh did he get, uh, did he get an oscar did he get a supporting yeah. oscar for i think he got it for goodwill yeah good for him but the other thing is like what do, how do you feel about the director mike nichols so he's got a pretty fucking established career i mean going back into the, the 60s and 70s with like who's afraid of a virginia wolf the graduate angels in america have you ever seen the movie? So he did Charlie Wilson's War, but I want to talk about Closer for a sec. Have you ever seen Closer? Yeah. So I have watched. That one's fucked it up. So like I, go, it's. Did you say it's fucked up or it fucked you up? Both. So I've watched Closer once, and I was like, "Wow, that was powerful!" And I never need to watch that fucking movie again because I found it like so painful emotionally to watch. Because mm. and the way I describe Closer to people is. It's like, imagine everything people are saying in a, or thinking in a fight, but they like about infidelity, but they say it like the lines are so pointed that you're just like, it's so stabby, like right to your heart, 
right to your soul. Like you could never imagine being in like a fight with like an ax or whatever and having them say the things that are said in that fucking movie. Like it's awful. (laughs) It's like cheese grater on your skin. Awful, but so well done that I never needed to watch it again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He did do one movie um, that, that I fucking love. Um, well, two movies that I fucking love. I really like Charlie Wilson's war. Charlie Wilson's war is great. Yeah, but one's Wolf with Nicholson. Like, I talk about it all the time. I think that movie's amazing. But the other one is the movie he did before that, Regarding Henry with Harrison Harrison Ford. Ford, It it was the best, like, 180. Like, in, in in terms of Ford's acting and the direction in which, like, you fucking hate Ford at the beginning of that movie. Yes. And then you just like, by the end of it, you're like, he's the best man ever. I love this guy. Yeah. He shows tons. Harrison Ford shows tons of range in that. And you're right. Because like, they really go from the polar poles to pole. Like mm-hmm. he is an awful fucking human being. And then by the end, you're just like, wow. Like what an endearing human, you know? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Now we're, we're not talking about the movie anymore. So I think we're almost done. So give me your stupid quotes about, some random critic from like the local high school. I'm glad. I'm actually glad you said random critic. So this is a really (laughs) small critic. Uh, So his name, I can't pronounce his fucking name, right? Roger Ebert from the Chicago sun times. I've never even heard of this guy. Anyway, uh, (laughs) what makes Mike Nichols version more than just a retread is good casting in the key roles and a wicked screenplay by Elaine may who keeps the original story, but adds lingers, little zingers here and there. And uh, I would agree. I mean, I haven't seen the original, so I can only agree with that so much. But the, we just we just spent a bunch of time talking about the cast to the point that we were talking about the cast in other films. Uh, and by the way, like Diane Weist is fucking awesome. I mean, I know she's in one of your favorite movies, um, The Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. Um, and like she, she like, go ahead. I was going to say she has one of the best lines too in this movie too, where she she goes like. She was like, nobody likes me, right? Like, I need to have somebody like me. And then once they do, like, the escape out of the club and they're all dressed in drag and she's, like, in, like, the dominatrix leather. And then the one guy's, like, grinding up and saying, like, oh, I've never done this with a man. And she looks at him, like, there's always a first time for everything. Because she was, like, it's the first time anyone's, like, like showing that kind of interest, like, grinding up on her. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's so true. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. Like I said, the cast in this is great. Have you seen the original? No. I want to. I want to take a look at it because I mean, it's uh, Jean Perrault, who I mean is like a notable French director and actor and stuff like that. So I mean, how bad can it fucking be? They, like you said, didn't you say that he was originally uh, on to do the screenplay for this? He did. He didn't. They had four people that did earlier versions of the screenplay. Uh, and they're all credited in the credits. And it literally says, like, each name, it says early early screenplay, early screenplay. So I don't know if it's, like, him for the play and the film and somebody else for the original films because they're using But normally in, in credits, those are usually the, you know, based upon characters created by yeah yeah, or you'll get a story credit or something like that right yeah but these like all four of these people got actual screen credit for an earlier screenplay and then elaine uh, elaine may took it over and she got final screenplay and that's the one they actually went to camera with right 
Mm-hmm. Um, so do you, I'm assuming you recommend this film? Oh, 100%. Like this is one that not only is it good, but some of the themes, some, some of the fucking dialogue in this film too, like resonates then. And it resonates now. Like when he, well, like Robin Williams playing the straight guy, when he does the line, uh, to his son, right? Because he's they're trying to convince him, you know, to technically pretend to be somebody else. And he was like, "Yeah, I might wear foundation," or I'm going to butcher this line. But when he was like, "Yeah, I might wear uh, foundation, I might do that," but I know who the fuck I am. It took me 20 years to get here, and he's like, "Fuck this senator," right? So, like even now it's like you don't have to conform you don't have to change be who you are right be be good in your own body as long as you're not hurting anybody keep it going uh yeah because i i i know the line and you yeah you took out the f word i think right like the other f word what well the the one that the derogatory term for gay people i believe that got taken out of there which is good um so this is this film's from 1996 like you know, we forget, because uh, what I was going to comment is on before we get kind of out of here is like the son in this, I'm super annoyed with him most of the film, right? I'm like, oh man, like why are you being such an asshole to your two dads kind of thing, right? Like da 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 da. But like mm-hmm. in 1996, like there wasn't, there, like where we are, and I mean, I'm sure uh, the LBGTQ community would say like we still have a long way to go, but like where we are here in Canada around gay rights is like not where the United States was in 1996 around gay rights. You know what I mean? Like, so the, the son is actually acting in a way that's probably very realistic. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to like get everything cool with the conservative parents and move forward. And maybe this still exists now, but I mean, for me and like the world, the people I know and stuff like that, it's, it'd be, it's like, it was just like grating to hear this kid, like his dad, your dad's fucking Robin Williams and your other dad's Nathan Lane. Like you got, you have a fucking great life, man. Like you grew up in a cabaret. Like how fucking awesome that must've been. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wouldn't either. Cause I have not also grown up in a cabaret. All right. But yeah, no, I, I get 100%. And then, but I think in terms of like, especially like with, um, mid 90s uh films as well like you have to have the turning point right and the turning point like for him the whole movie is he accepts his parents right like when they're in the house but not technically he's scared about the outside right and then at the end he was that's when he's like i only have one mom and that's when he he goes in terms of nathan lane's character and reveals that he actually is a man and then even that too was like one of my, one of my funniest scenes that I like too, because the uh, reaction of Gene Hackman's character when they're like, "What?" and they're like, "It's not Goldman, it's Goldman." They're Jewish, and then he he's just like, "You're Jewish?" <laughs> like he still couldn't he still couldn't wrap his head around that he was a man. He's like, "You can't be Jewish." Yeah, doesn't she say to him? She's like, she's like, she's like, "No, they're they're both men." <laughs> like, yeah. i actually hold on and you know people you, you should watch this film it's super funny with the fact that gene hackman like nathan lane leans into the like the conservative like woman so mm-hmm. hard that gene hackman's like this woman is amazing like to the yeah. like he's telling his wife like 
this is the type of woman that needs to be supported. And she's looking at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, he is so impressed by his, like, female conservative woman that he's just like, Mm -hmm. that poor woman. And that, like, Robin Williams' character is the one, like, oppressing her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He was like, I've seen this all the time. These Europeans and these, they're the worst (laughs) Europeans, right? And he's got another woman in the house and a bunch of stuff like that. Yeah, he can't even, she can't even, like, run the house. He has to do it. He's giving us the soup. And what the hell was on those bowls? Looks like the two men playing leapfrog. That was going to be the other quote. Oh, this bowl, it it looks like there's men playing... uh... Is it there? Are they playing leapfrog? <laughs> anyway, that's all I got, man. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. terms of it's always them kind of dressing how the opposite of how they are right and Nathan Lane's characters in the full tuxedo, tuxedo right? yeah, with yeah. the with the deep voice right like he's like the manly man kind of thing while they're doing the escape when in reality like he could have still been Starlina yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah because no one's there for Starlina right they're there for Gene Hackman right um but, yeah good you know what Scott good pick uh it, it's it, it was fun it was light it, but yet also like s- such important you know message and like milestones of like where we are in in that conversation um but yeah it didn't feel like you were being beaten with like a political stick uh just with uh, robin williams shtick production by rod shaver vader monkey productions